going on? Welcome back to another episode of our Arsenio ZSL podcast. And man, we are finally into Up in the Air, baby. We are talking about flights. We are talking about flying. I know there are a lot of newcomers on here, and you guys probably weren't listening to my podcast probably back in season five, especially in season four. But there, you know, I had spoken about some of the events that I've been to or been through and the places I've been to in regards to flying and whatnot. But now we're going into the whole business perspective, right? So we got some audio we're going to be doing. We're going to be going over different vocabulary terms, and then we're going to talk about a disaster that had happened out there in good old London at Heathrow Airport. But first and foremost, ask yourself this question. Is flying fun? Is flying frightening? Or is flying boring? So if I look at fun, it all really depends, right? Because if you are flying in most parts of America, you fly in blue skies. So your odds of encountering turbulence is pretty low unless you live in Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, the South. The South really has storms that pop up out of nowhere, uh, really bad, severe thunderstorms and stuff like that. So it can be terrifying for a lot of people. But in the West Coast, man, you could literally fly maybe 30,000 feet and you could see the beautiful mountains down below going from Los Angeles to Vegas, Los Angeles to obviously Arizona. It is amazing to say the least. So now I'm not going to say it's fun. I'm going to say it's a little bit frightening. I'm going to give you a couple of reasons. First reason is Coming from a country where the September 11th attacks happened, it was very traumatizing. So the first time I ever got on a flight, it was Southwest Airlines going to Arizona, probably at the beginning of August of 2006 with one of my friends, Ty, who is now an endodontist. Big shout out to you, Ty, if you're listening to this. But, um, you know, me and him, man, I swear, I remember tears were coming down my face. I was terrified. Why? Because I thought, for the worst. I thought it was going too fast. I thought we were going to crash a number of different things. Ty, who was just over my right shoulder, was like sitting there sleeping, right? And I said, you son of a bitch. Now he was calm and me, I was crying. But nonetheless, it was very, very terrifying. And it still is to this day, except if I fly excellent airlines. So if I fly in, let's, let's say, 737-300ERs or big aircraft like the A380, the A350s, which are beautiful beyond belief, I never get nervous because the only time I get nervous is if it gets a little bit bumpy. I've never been on a plane that had severe turbulence, only when uh, I flew into Phuket about nine years ago. I remember the plane. It just felt like we were like in a roller coaster. I mean, it was terrifying. Bangkok Airways, too. Uh, and it's because we were in the rainy season and the rain, the, the different types of weather systems, all that. It's always difficult to fly in the south of Thailand for some reason, in the southwest. So we're talking Phuket, Krabi. Now, Kong Si Tamara and other places, not too bad. Uh, when I flew from Honolulu to Maui, okay, in 2012, this was just after that trip of going into Phuket. Uh, there was a massive storm, and I remember I was in a two, I think it was a two-two seat configuration, a tiny airplane. And I was like, you know what, guys, this airplane is small as hell, all right? I don't like small airplanes because they always have a tendency of crashing. So anyways, that was a really terrifying trip, too. Um, but other than that, like, I could name a couple of others, you know. And <laughs> uh, but to be honest with you, if I fly Cathay Pacific, I'm convinced this plane will never go down. Why? Five-star, huge, excellent pilots. Singapore Airlines, it would never go down. 
Thai Airways, I know they have suck service and all these other things, but I know they'll never go down. Emirates, never go down. Qatar, never go down. Japan Airlines, it did go down in the past, right? Just like Thai Airways did like 30 years ago. Uh, ANA, I don't believe they've ever gone down, but they're another prolific airline. These are all five stars. So yes, would I fly five star to pay a little bit more like with ANA or with Singapore Airlines to go to Japan versus flying Air Asia X? Absolutely, because I know Air Asia X has a history of going down. Would I ever fly Air Asia, Thai Line, or any low-cost airline flying out of Jakarta, Indonesia? I absolutely would not. Why? Because they've gone down a number of times over the last decade. I don't trust airplane engineers, and I don't trust Jakarta's like airline standards either. So it's very, very concerning to fly out of a place like that because I know that they are notorious for horrible crash safety standards. So in summing up flying for fun, frightening, boring, just did that. So what we're going to do now, we're going to go move into a listening. You are a passenger on this flight, BA-146. You're going to listen to this announcement and answer the questions. What's the problem? What do you think weather conditions means? What kind of alternative flight arrangements do airlines offer in these situations? So what I'm going to do, I'm going to share this computer sound. Again, I had, you know, an instance where something uh, horribly horrible happened uh, to me out there in uh, Arizona. Oh, my God. This it was so terrifying. Jesus. But I'll talk about, I'll tell you guys about that a little bit later. But here we go. Let's listen to this, and then we're going to listen to five. Well, nah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we'll listen to five different situations. So here we go. Three, two, one. Track 20. British Airways regrets to announce the cancellation of flight BA-146 due to weather conditions. Will all passengers with tickets for this flight please approach the airline information desk for details of alternative flight arrangements? So, here we go. All right, what happened? There was a cancellation. First and foremost, have you ever had a flight cancellation? This only happened to me when I was trying to fly out of Dalat, Vietnam, and it made no sense, right? Viet, uh, Vietjet Air, the worst airline in the world okay in europe it's ryanair in asia it's vietjet and this is because you know they were like oh we canceled the flight and i'm like wait but why he said oh weather conditions it's raining i said wait but i saw jetstar pacific take off i saw vietnam airlines take off why aren't you taking off they shrugged their shoulders and i said okay he doesn't really know i gotta talk to the airlines and the shitty ceo for this and I said, okay. So they said, okay, just come back tomorrow. And I said, but what if it's raining again tomorrow? They're like, well, there's nothing we could do. I said, well, I don't really like those chances. I'm going to cancel and I'm going to fly from Ho Chi Minh City. So me being dumb, I booked another ticket with Vietjet Air, which was an absolute travesty. What I should have done was just uh, buy one with Vietnam Airlines, right? Because they're always on time. They're like a four-star airline. Vietjet Air is like a, a 0, 0.0 fuck star per airline. Excuse my French. So... I take a, the, worst fly, uh, the worst bus ride in my life from Dalat to Ho Chi Minh City, although I met some beautiful souls on there, okay? Met a wonderful university student, saw one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life, and she, you know, she just smiled at me. She was just absolutely adorable, a wonderful human being. Um, and I got to Vietnam, uh, well, Ho Chi Minh, and I'm like, okay, well, it's not going to work. Woke up in the morning, flight delay, got an email. Sorry, delayed one and a half hours. I said, what? Are you kidding me? 
got to the airport. Sorry, delayed again, another one hour. I said, you know what? This is the most garbage airline. I go in and check in my baggage. Now, keep this in mind. At Dalat, they did not check my kilos, right? How much it weighed. They said, put it on the scale. Okay, you're all done. But guess what? What ended up happening was in Vietnam, they wanted me to take everything on my pocket and put it onto that conveyor belt to see if it went over seven uh, kilograms. If it did, $30. Everyone in the lines, they ended up having to pay that $30. And this is how corrupted airlines with shitty CEOs make money. So I'll never fly you again. VHJet Air kiss my black ass, okay? Excuse my French. I am so sorry. I have a very bad mouth today. So anyways, um, yeah, so weather conditions, if there is a storm and I see a storm, I'm not flying. But if there are weather conditions and I don't see anything, I'm upset. Malaysia Airlines is one of the most notorious airlines for being late. When they had to pick me up at Suwanapum, they were two hours late. They had to pay huge gate fees, and they probably didn't even profit from that. This is the internal corruption in Malaysia Airlines. When I flew out of Malaysia, they were late again. I said, guys, it's clear skies. Why were you late? Oh, we're not sure. I said, well, you guys are the one paying fees and not profiting. No wonder you guys are, uh, you guys are in, like, bankruptcy right now. Never flew them again. Never will. They told me to take a survey. I cussed them out in so many different languages. It was, it was shameful. So anyways, people are saying that, okay? We're getting into different situations, okay? We have situation one, two, three, four, and five. A, baggage. B, cancellations. C, reservations. D, customer service. E, overbooking. And I'm going to discuss overbooking right after these. So. Here we go. Track 21. Situation 1. Excuse me. I didn't understand the announcement about flight BA-123. I'm afraid it's been cancelled, sir. Cancelled? But I have to be in Berlin this evening. I'm very sorry, sir. It's the air traffic controllers. They're on strike. When is there another flight? Not until tomorrow. Here's a voucher for a hotel. Please keep a receipt for all your expenses so you can reclaim them later. Oh, is that it? Are you sure there are no flights this evening? I'm very sorry, sir. No, it's not your fault. See, that's a little empathy. I love it. Towards the end, he said, oh, it's not your fault. Listen, via Jet Air, they didn't give us hotels. They didn't give us anything. When I lost my, ba my, my luggage 15 years ago on my, I think, my second ever flight, Southwest Airlines, dumbass people, okay? I went into the lost baggage claim area, and I said, hey, man, where's my baggage? He's like, oh, um, he was such a... You know what I say? Like, he knew. Like, I was only 18, so I didn't have a motor on me that I do now, right? But he was like, you know what? Okay, I'll give you a $50 voucher. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a $100 voucher. I said, dude, I got no clothes, dude. Can you give me some underwear? Like, for reals. Like, those vouchers are only to buy another goddamn flight to fly on an airline that's going to continue losing my luggage. But I didn't scream. I didn't scream like that, right? And so um, 
America is very notorious for this. And it's either the people at the bottom suck and they don't know what they're doing or misprinting in the, the computers. It has to be one or the others, but it has to be the people at the bottom who actually get the luggage and send them to different areas. They're just a bunch of idiots. Uh, so sorry, baggage guys. I know you guys have a tendency of throwing people's baggage and breaking everything, including the wheels, but you really suck at your job. Not all, not all, but most of you in America do, okay? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I gotta keep it real. I have to keep it real for you guys, okay? Because once you understand that you're not very good and you like mis mis misplacing people's luggages and sending them to different cities around America, yeah, once you know you suck at that, maybe you could get better. Just maybe, maybe. But again, that was 15 years ago. So. This guy got a hotel. Me at Jet didn't care. I had to pay another lump sum to get back into the city. And then I said, you know what? Let me just get a ticket out of here. And that's the end of it. Because I know Dalat was in like a storm for the next 10 days. And I said, forget it. I'm just going to stay here. Right? And so that's one thing that I ended up doing. Um, but, you know, and everything that he bought, he could just reclaim it. He said, oh, so that's it? Are you sure? Yeah, there are no air traffic controls. How are they going to bring planes in here? And it's not her fault right? It's all air traffic control. Why are they on strike? You need to talk about the, uh, talk to the people who are on top or who are the ones to blame for the strike. And then you could start grilling them in so many different ways with so many different adjectives that are very distasteful. See what I mean? See, I am so smart. So in saying that, let's go into number 22. All right. Track 22. Situation 2. Which one is it? Is this the right place for Denver? Yes, sir, but I'm afraid the flight's full. What do you mean? I have a reservation. Here is my ticket. Yes, but we only hold reservations until 20 minutes before boarding. What? Do you mean you're bumping me? I can offer you a later flight, sir, or a refund. I can't believe this. Are you sure there is no space? I have a really important meeting this afternoon. I'm sorry, sir. There's nothing I can do. Uh, and again, um, it's not his fault. It's the airline's policy. So you have to blame the CEO. So America is very notorious for overbooking, right? 20 minutes before. See, this is why I show up two hours before. Because I know I would never get bumped. You guys know the story from four years ago where there was a Vietnamese American guy. He was a doctor who got beat up by airline security off the plane from United Airlines. It's funny, the CEO came out and said, oh, I was very sick to my stomach. You don't give a shit, shut up, right? Yeah, you got no empathy, I can see it on your face. So with these overbooking problems, uh, uh, I don't know, America's just very notorious for it. In Asia, there's no such thing as overbooking. Europe, I don't know. Uh, the continent of Africa, I don't know. In South America, I just do not know. But I know USA, the United States of America, they love overbooking. This is how they can make max profit. So, again, very unfortunate. Um, and it's just amazing. But guess what, guys? I want you guys to do some research because that guy, he could have easily said, oh, a refund. No, no, no. I want 1,000 USD worth of voucher in terms of flying because you're going to make me miss a meeting, which is this much. Let's do it right now. You're being recorded, by the way. And guess what? People have made a lot of money from doing that. So if you're in America, for any of my ESL students out there and listeners, and they end up bumping you saying, excuse me, no, uh, no refund, no later flight. I would like a $500 voucher and I would like to be on the next flight out. Thank you very much. 
and just stand there and wait for them to process it, right? Do some research online. Just in case some of you do go through this, you have something to hurry up and say, no, I don't want a refund. I would like to have an extra $250 worth of flying voucher uh, for future flights because you're going to make me miss a meeting that's worth even more. So let's do it. Let's go right now. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Where should I go? That's it. That's it. I mean, you should be able to do that, right? Or who do I talk to that can do that? Let me speak to the manager. Thank you very much. Hello. I just realized that you bumped me from the flight. Therefore, you're going to award me with 500 US dollars. Now, I just bumped it up by 250 of future flights, whether you like it or not. And you're going to book me on the next flight out of here. Thank you so much, Barbara. By the way, I love your hair. <laughs> That's how you call laying down the law on these people, people. Okay, so let me calm down. Let me calm down. I don't even know what num which number I'm on now, but let's keep it going. I do believe that we're on situation number three, so let's get into it. Track 23, situation three. Just one moment, madam. Can I just look at your bag? What's the problem? At check-in, they said it was okay as hand luggage. Can you put it here in the gauge? I'm sorry, madam. It's too big for hand luggage. There's a penalty of 25 euros, or you'll have to go back and check it in. But I haven't got time. I don't want to miss my flight. I'm sorry, madam. It's the regulations. You've got time if you hurry. Why didn't they say something at the check-in desk? I don't know, madam. I'm just doing my job. We have to follow the regulations. Do you guys hate it when people say that I'm just doing my job? She could have done a hell of a lot better by going into very short detail. Listen, based on the regulations from this year, this is how it is. I'm really sorry about this. But again, this is what the paper says. And so I can hurry up and get you assistance to go back down to hurry up and check it in. Or uh, you'll have to pay the penalty. I am really sorry about this. See, she could have showed a little bit more empathy. But at the same time, that's crazy. That's what had happened at the gate again with Vietjet Air. I checked in, no problem. If they were eyeing any of those flight attendants or any of the people who were working at Vietjet Air at um, Ho Chi Minh City Airport, they had that same gauge what that lady was talking about right here. And if they thought for one instant that you bought anything after check-in, after security, they will uh, make you put everything on top of that luggage and you're going to have to pay. That's how it is. Or you're going to have to leave your luggage behind. It's an ugly world. But at the same time, man, um, I've never had this problem. Put it in the gauge and whatnot. Again, airport security was just doing her job. I haven't heard anything like that in regards to, oh, it's too big. Sorry. At airport security. Now, if they're at check-in and they're checking your baggage, that's what low-cost garbage airlines do, such as what Viajet Air does. And just don't fly them. You know what I mean? Just book an airline that's worth, you know, for an extra $100 that you know you're not going to have any problems and you're going to have fantastic service. That's basically what I could give you guys. So here we go. Next one is coming right up. Track 24. Situation 4. This is the British Airways Reservation Service. Huh? We, we regret go. to say that at this moment, all our lines are engaged. Please call back later. Thank you for your patience. 
Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So again, I was talking about this with some of my students just yesterday in terms of like lines and then being busy. But again, this isn't going to come up till season seven. So I'll just leave it at that. We'll have something to talk to back then. But oh my God, they will keep you online for like three hours and then they'll just unwittingly and intentionally just cut it off. <laughs> Be careful with that, people. Here we go. And the last one for today. Track 25. Situation 5. Uh-huh. Excuse me, is it possible to change to an aisle seat? I'm afraid the plane is nearly full. Yes, but I've got a problem with my leg. I have a bad knee and it's difficult for me to bend it. I'm sorry about that. Why didn't you say something when you checked in? I did, but there were no aisle seats left. Can you ask someone if they mind changing seats? No, I'm sorry, I can't. It's too late now. But... Okay, thanks. Yeah, she said too late. Now, listen, it's not what you can do, okay? Now, again, these are just unfortunate circumstances. So, for, again, an ESL learner, what you can do is eye someone in the aisle seat and say, excuse me, I'm so sorry to bother you, but I have a little bit of a bum leg. Would you mind switching seats? Now, you have to go to someone who's very open, right? In America, for the most part, most people would do this, but in like, let's say the Arabian Peninsula countries, probably not so much. You have to go to someone who is willing. I don't know how you'll be able to detect this because if someone says, no, then again, do not show any sarcasm or anything. Just say, okay, thank you very much. Go to the next person. That's it. Empathize and say, okay, they said no. It's not for me. It's because their own personal wants. That's okay. Because if you say, okay, no problem. Thank you very much. Smile and walk away. And they're going to feel bad. And they're going to be like, okay, sorry. Here. <laughs> See, that's called, be, that's called being empathetic. This, this podcast is about empathy. This one today. And when you show that empathy, regardless if you're at check-in, security, immigration, whatever it may be, you'll be able to learn a lot more about people and you'll be able to empathize and be just a better person, a better communicator, especially. So what I was going to do, I was going to talk about airports and stuff like that, and but this podcast would end up being extremely long, as well as the Terminal 5, obviously, launch day disaster, all that craziness. So um. What I'm going to do is I'm going to fit this in as a two-part podcast. This will be the next one, obviously, when I do my Business English podcast again. And we will go from there. So in saying that, people, man, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in to another wonderful ESL podcast. Wonderful stories, wonderful cues, lots of vocabulary and phrases are coming up in the next one. So stay tuned. I'm your host, as always, over and out.